What's up, everybody? This is George and Bill, and today we're joined by Gordon Barney from the Audi Club Eastern Canada, or really Canada at this point. You guys seem to be... Well, yeah, I mean, there's two chapters here. There are, yeah. but you guys seem to be working more together than in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, uh, you have a but, unified website? We'll, we'll get to that. Today, oh, yes. today we're, we're at Eurocracy, which is yeah. large Canadian show. Maybe um, the biggest one in Eastern Canada. You know what, Gordon? I would almost venture to say it might be one of the larger ones now. Because, like, you know, you've had these off years with Waterfest and H2O. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so they've, they're kind of on their, you know, on their back paws, well, if you will. Well, they, they, and shows and clubs often sort of have but, highs yeah. and lows. Yeah. But they definitely, the, the energy up here, I will say, you know, Bill and I have done these shows for years. I think first bureaucracy for you. Yeah, years. first time in Canada, quite frankly. So. Yeah, first bureaucracy for me, too. And it's way more than I expected and frankly it reminds me of like the old the good days you know hopefully we'll get back to those but like when when Waterfest and Shore were both really strong and you had a lot of just a ton of people a ton of energy a lot of big age ranges from young to old and a lot Mm -hmm. of really impressively built cars right of course, you guys have your winter blues where you well, build your cars. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because in in I've seen this in Quebec. Um, the season is short, and boy oh boy, when they get their motorized vehicles out, it goes big. It just does. Well, we we see examples of that uh, in Carlisle mm-hmm. in May, which is like a, one of the first shows of the season. A bunch of Canadians come down there and they have just impressive cars. So coming up here for the first time, uh, and coming to Eurocracy for the first time, like George said, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Kalal, we saw. Okay, he's one of ours. He's mm-hmm. from Buffalo, but he, I mean, proximity to your border, mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Guy showed up at Carlisle with like uh, they hold up all winter with beer and a coupe quattro and they put a an S eight four OT and a six speed manual from a B seven I believe into that thing and it's well not fully dialed in yet I think it's the only four OT swap that we know that we know of other four OT swaps we don't know of any others that move under their own power at this time right mm-hmm. so it's impressive but I mean he's <coughs> winter doldrums man full yeah. cars and and that's true I mean here in Canada you know. I mean, I drive mine all year round, which is, people tell me it's nuts. Um, but yeah, people put their summer car in the garage, and they don't put it in the garage with a cover on it. They put it in the garage, and they take the hood off <laughs> and put it up on double-high jack stands, and they're working on it all winter, and they're super excited to bring the car out in the spring. Um, go to all the events, hang out, you know, big, little, doesn't matter. They're, they're out. I'd be curious to know, unfortunately, we're all bureaucracy virgins here so mm-hmm. right. no year-to-year scope i'd love to know like how many of these cars are like first time showing up particularly gives people some lay of the land right yeah. so we're at could you tell me a little about icar like this I, was an, built as an airport originally well no um mirabelle airport used okay. to be one of the big i mean montreal had two airports and okay. they were big big international airports and then the decision was made to expand one and downplay the other one. So they ended up with a bunch of runway here that wasn't being used. And I don't know the exact story, but ICAR comes along and says, um, you have flat runways you're not using. Yeah. And they put their hand up and <laughs> say, you know, how about we open a drag strip? And the, and, and the drag strip was the first thing. Okay. And I, I believe the road track 
is a more recent thing. And, and yeah, the road track's very flat. Yeah. But but it's there. They and, have a road circuit, I think, at a show. That's yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they started saying, hey, well, we've got all this other space. Why don't we, you know, make it more of a car destination place? And yeah. so they do that. And it, uh, it works well. So we're here at this airport. It's probably about 40 minutes. I drove in from Old Town, Montreal this morning. A 40-minute drive. You're, we've got a Bombardier facility over here. Which yeah, is, no, I mean, this is... They're building planes over there? Or yeah, what? they build, uh, build planes and, and do stuff. I mean, there's... Um, I mean, you, you end up with an, air, an airport that's not being fully utilized. Well, the manufacturers come in and say, perfect. Yeah, because right. the space here has got to be cheaper than the space at the other ones where you got all the commercial traffic going through. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, we were watching planes take off and doing touch and goes all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the same one, Swiss Air just kept on circling us, but I guess it's just, like you said, it's cheaper out here for them and why not? There's no traffic out here. No, and it's, I mean, frankly, I mean, housing out here is cheaper than down in the, in the core of the city. And, I can imagine so. Um, but you've still got the old city to go and visit whenever you want. I mean, it's it's a big tourist destination for sure, and it's fun. It's nice. It's a neat location for a show, and the crowds were great. Talking to some of the vendors, whether it's like I ran into Jason from Rotoform, and he was saying like the business up here is great too. The, oh, like so it's it's a really it's, it's an easy show to make a decision to attend. Yes. Um, yes. So, which is probably why you guys ended up here. Too. Well, we, I mean, we partner. One of our uh, big sponsors is Unitronic, and they're here in, in Montreal. But we should probably mention that too. We're sitting here in that what we call the C Unitronic facility. They've rented this paddock building out, which yes. is in the center of iCar, <coughs> and they're doing their. We're in an adjoining room, but next door they're doing their inside, nice in the air conditioning. They're doing tunes. Yeah. Doing yeah, they're doing tuning uh, all day, and so not really the. If you go to Waterfest, they have like, they call them the Tollgate Plaza, right? Like you have okay. these rows of cars that go through and just get tuned all day. And all the big companies do it. Um, but they're also having the tents. And, and this it's is like crazy hot, yeah. <laughs> so here you can pull your car into the building, hang out on the couch and while they do their thing or just go for a walk and enjoy the show. Yeah. So thanks to Unitronic for giving us space. To yeah, and, and they sort of encouraged us to come and we yeah. got, you know, we have two tents here. You know, we've got uh, one in the club area and we've got they That's right, us, you have your other tent. They gave us space over in, in their big tent. So, um, you know, it's nice to come and hang out. It's always nice to go to a show when there's somebody there who knows the lay of the land, especially yeah. when you're going for the first time. And uh, they've just been great. So the chapter's been working with Unitronic for a while, right? Um, I think they're relatively new to out of since, general. But... Uh, actually, just since January 15th of 2019. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, But they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. They're going to be... Uh, Promoting our our the club, uh, big time. That's so that's cool. great. Yeah. Yeah, nice people to work with. Well, before we talk too much about <coughs> your chapter or what's going on north of the border, mm. tell me a little about you, man. Like, oh. How'd you get into this? Or how'd you get into the cars? I've yeah. always been into cars. Okay. Um, sort of the, and I've learned that that people have sort of have pre-kid cars and experiences in post-kid cars. So my, my pre-kids cars, uh, I was a Dodge guy. I was a uh, muscle car. I had a Challenger and I built it to be a Pro Street tunnel ram, narrow rear end, the whole thing. Wow. And it was, what year was that? Uh, I mean, what year was the Challenger? Oh, it was a 71. 71, okay. Yeah. And it, uh, as early as possible in the spring, right through till <laughs> as late as possible in the fall was my daily driver. 
that was interesting. Um, kids came along, I switched to motorcycles for a while, and, um, and the motorcycles went, and did a lot of house renovations, <laughs> and uh, I was driving a, uh, a diesel Beetle, and I'd always, I, I, I really didn't know much about Audi. Um, I'd had Volkswagens, I'd had a Passat, I'd had Jettas, you know, and, um, and just somehow, one day, um, we're, we're about to get interrupted, I think. I think we are. Somebody's coming in. Somebody's trying to come in. Somebody's trying to come in. <laughs> or maybe they're going away. There you go. Already there. Um, but one day, uh, one day I noticed an Audi TT for the first time. And it was Mark 1. It was, you know, it was probably current year. And I thought, and here I am driving a Beetle, and I'm thinking, damn, that's a good looking car. And when the Beetle finally gave out, um, was your Beetle a new Beetle? Or yeah, it was one of the cool. new Beetles. <coughs> so largely similar chassis, but much more aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Tuned. Yeah. Um, so when the Beetle finally uh, was up at 350,000 kilometers, um, <laughs> it was sort of time to go. Um, you know, I go on to Auto, Auto Trader and I'm looking for TTs, and I've been watching for about nine months. You know, it's okay, let's just sort of, you know, lurk and watch. And um, it was two days before Labor Day weekend, and a car comes up, it's in Toronto, uh, it's a Mark I, and it's mostly done. You know, it's been lowered, the engine, blah, 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 blah. And, I, and, and the price was right, maybe. And, oh, it was a convertible, and it had the hard top. It had one of the Audi oh, hard really? tops. Okay. And it was interesting. These days. Well, it was interesting because the guy in his listing said, "Do not call me and ask to buy the hard top. <laughs> the hard top is going with the car." <coughs> so I called him up and I said, "You know, I'm interested in it." So I went and saw it. Literally the next day, um, we both got in the car. He drove around the block. I got the car, drove around the block, and I said, "Okay." And he said, "Okay." And I said, "Yeah, done." He says. Price? Yeah, I'll pay you. And he was just, he was just shocked. And uh, so I said, I'll be back in a couple of days. So I'll get a ride, and I'll come back in a couple of days, and I'll get you the money beforehand. And and um, so I got the car, and I drove it home. It was about an hour to drive home. And I'm going along one of our major highways, our 400 series highways, and I'm clipping along at I don't know 130 kilometers. And I, I just thought to myself, hmm, I wonder. And I downshifted out of sixth into fifth, and it went off like a rocket. And I you know, smiled one side to the other. And I get home and I send him an email. And I said, you know, I just got the car home. Thank you very much. And uh, I downshifted at 130 uh, down into fifth, and it just went like a rocket. And his response to me was short and simple. Next time, try downshifting into third. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's 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 just been that's just been it ever since. Um, yeah. Well, that's I mean, not what you're driving today, though. No, well, no, that one I wrote off um, because I hit a curb. The hard top, uh, too? We still got the hard top. Well, no, the, well, there's a long. The, the, that'll be <laughs> no, another. Oh, that'll, no, be, yeah, that'll be another day, the story about the hard top. <coughs> but I, uh, I unfortunately hit a curb, took out the oil pan, took out the engine, bent the frame, so that was a write off. Um, actually, I had a Jaguar for a very short period of time and got rid of that. 
and ended up with this. Um, 2002, again, it's a Mark I, 2002 ALMS. Um, there were only a thousand made, um, and very, very few of them came into Canada, and this one actually came out of Montreal, so I've got all the papers. Sold them there. So, yeah. that was what was yours? Was, was it Masano Red? Yes. So, two colors, <laughs> Masano Red and Avis Silver. Yes. And they had like yin yang interior, so gray interior on the red car. Well, it's a two-tone interior on, is it? on oh, the red car. I never looked inside the It's a two-tone on the red car, and on the silver cars, it's a completely red leather interior. Okay. It is gorgeous. It is just gorgeous. Nah. And the rest of it was trim. You know, right. uh, it has six-spoke wheels. Uh, the five RS4 looking wheel. Yeah. And then it came with a coffee table book, <laughs> um, which was about the Le Mans series in 2001. And it came with a sticker, you know, great, and um, a, a signed letter. And the signed letter, I have a copy of somebody else's. Okay. The stickers, you can't find them anywhere. And even try to find a picture of it anywhere is crazy. I did find a picture and I had some reproduced. Um, and then it was just a eight month search watching Amazon and everybody else to find the uh, coffee table book. I have one of those too. No, none of that came with the car. No. no. The <laughs> owner I bought it from, I bought the car sight unseen, untested, again, off of a Auto Trader ad. Yeah. It was up here in Montreal. I looked at it and I thought, okay, I like that car. I'm just going to get it. And called the guy up and, you know, again, I'll pay you what you want for it. And he says, well, how are you going to come and get it? And I said, well, I'm, you know, again, through the club, we've got a guy who does car transportation. And I said, no, I'll have my guy come and pick it up. And he said, what, you want to test it? No, 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 just. <laughs> Seems to have a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, uh, I send him the money, he sends me the VIN receipt and all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking up the VIN and you know, I knew it was a 2002. I'm looking up the VIN and I'm looking at some parts and it comes up and it says trim level. And of course there's the, the the low horsepower, the 225 horsepower, and then this one, there's a third option, which is says ALMS. What the hell's an ALMS? And I look it all up and find it, holy crap. So I, I contact the guy back and I said, did you know this was an ALMS car? And he says, what's an ALMS car? And I'm thinking, okay, scored, <laughs> you know? And he had just, a few months before, sold the original rims to a woman in Montreal who was looking for a set for her winter car. Oh, winter car. Since then, I found a set. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, you know, they're not that hard to find. If you look in, like, um, I mean, here they may be. Here they are. Because they were only it's sold crazy. on that car. And yes. it's the same with the U.S. But they were fairly common <laughs> in Europe. So if you look oh, on, really? like... If you look on like uh, Facebook Marketplace in like UK, like yeah. London area, yeah, uh, and like, if you know a guy like Jamie or mm-hmm. plug him, but like you, they can ship them over, sure, because yeah. I, I let's same thing. Like I, if I were ever going to get a mark, I was looking at a TT Roadster a couple right. months ago, right? And uh, and anyway, the the I was looking for one of the set of those wheels, and yeah, because they're awesome, they're rad in their factory, which means they'll take a hit on like the, well, all the yeah, replicas out there. Time. So they become like winter wheels, okay? Um, because they they do they'll take a hit. Yeah. Whereas these ones, no. Um, so the other thing, so the car shows up, uh, and the guy's taking it off. The, it's a big forty-two foot car trailer, and uh, the TT baby. <laughs> Is at the back. It's at the very back, not at the front. Very, very back. And there's a whole bunch of cars up the other end. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's odd. And he took 30 minutes 
to get the car off because it had been lowered and the front clip is just so low. And he, he smiled, you know, and I gave him 20 bucks and he worked away at it, had boards and boards on boards to get it off. And he gets it off and he goes, nice car, don't ask me to transport it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I then contacted the guy that I bought it from and said, who did you buy it from? And sure enough, in this age of electronics, he says, oh, well, here's the email from the guy that I bought it from. So I contact him and say, hi, you know, just interested in what you did to the car and this and that. And he, you know, sort of gave me a few things. And I said, do you happen to remember who you bought it from? And he said, well, yeah, um, not sure I can find an email or anything, but I do have a list of all the modifications that they made. <coughs> I said, okay, send them off. So he sends it off to me. I get it translated from French. And, and it turns out that three owners ago, it was a family's track car. And, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, fine. <coughs> and there's some things that you can tell just have been done to the car. You know, it's been lowered two inches. It has a different front clip. Um, you know, it's got some forged stuff on it, uh, silicone hoses and this and that and the other stuff, right? Um, okay, fine. I'm happy. I, I don't care. I'm happy to drive the car. So when we... Uh, on our webs on the chapter website, we have a place that we call Peeps and Rides, and um, and so Jacques was asking me for information about my car. He wanted you know post stuff up, so I went back and reread the email from that guy, and it turns out it's got a Unitronic too. Okay, fine. Uh, it's got a uh, BMW uh, aftermarket turbo on it, and you know I'm reading more closely. So I contact uh, Unitronic, give them my VIN. Well, yes, yes, your car, you know, I thought it had a stage one. Well, no, your car has a stage two plus, and this is the day and time that it was tuned, and this and this and this and this, and it, and <coughs> I mean, it's neat because as you sort of drill back, you learn things about the car. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it helps you to choose what you may or may not want to do in the future, but, um, it's interesting to get the history of the car. And so I've kept every scrap of information, every receipt, everything. And it's it's because I want to be, I don't know when, but someday I want to be able person. to pass it on because yeah. this particular car has some history to it. And yeah. it's, um, yeah. And it's been a, uh, it, it, you know, it, the adventure continues because I'm now buying buying up when I come across them all of the original equipment parts that have been replaced right so I've got this big stack of parts in the basement that my wife is not particularly happy with. Um, I think so we're all that, familiar with that yeah <laughs> so that someday you know if the car goes or I do whatever to it and I sell it off you know well here it is you know it's almost stage three but here's all the original parts if you want to turn it back into a, a factory car. I, fabulous find. I found an OEM brand new in the box steering wheel. Oh, really? With the gray. Oh, and which, it, which and showed it's like, like three I, seconds. I, so. like I, I, I should have bought them all. There were, the guy had 10 of them. I don't know where what rock yeah. he found them under. <laughs> uh, I, sh I should have just bought them all. But, you know, I bought my one and was super happy. Yeah. No, I'm, I'd imagine that's great because that's going to show dirt immediately. And well, and this one's worn. I mean, oh, is it? it so I mean, it's been used. I mean, it's a 2002. I mean, right. the car's 
got that's some age to it. Well, what I'm asking, the one you got is new, right? <coughs> Brand new in the box. So OEM. just leave it in the box, right? Like, yeah. You, you put that <laughs> well, in and that's what room. I'm tempted to do is just say, okay, it goes in the pile. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake once of ordering a car. We were doing a lot of the like uh, long-term cars before. Yeah. Too. I ordered a car with like their, probably similar to what you've got. It was like a very light gray. <laughs> and it looked cool, but man, it did, like where your butt goes, it was sieving blue dye out of jeans, like and, and, it, and staining blue in the in the you know the bottom yeah. of the driver's seat, and it was like it, it, I what are you gonna do? It. I could clean all the dirt out of it, but like the blue just you know, stayed. It would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a color that just I have to go back when we go back to your car. I have to look on the inside of it. Well, and and I would, and of course, the driver's seat's gonna right. be the one that wears, right? Oh, yeah. And I would love. I, I would love to find the two passenger and driver's seat, the handbrake leather cover mm-hmm. I'd love to have. But as you can imagine, the thing that is the most worn is the gear shift knob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, you've worn it right down to the leather. I mean the dye's all gone. I mean what the heck are you gonna do with it? You know? I didn't I never thought I'd find a steering wheel, but uh <laughs> spite's got one out there. Yeah. So I need some guys to have ten of them out there or something. If you're <coughs> if you're like strict ALMS, then this may not be of interest to you. But the other in that era, there was a lot of cool stuff going, like factory trim on those cars okay. around the world, not just in these markets. Right? Oh, okay. So um, I remember God, it was probably about that time, probably 2005 was my first Le Mans, and I walked into there was an Audi forum in Paris before mm-hmm. we headed got on the train to head down to the race, and I picked up a a flyer for like a TT Le Mans edition. So mm-hmm. it was it was like their ALMS, right? Mm-hmm. It was Avis Silver. It was a Roadster, mm-hmm. not a not a um not a coupe. Not a coupe. But they also had these like legit Audi factory part Recaro pole positions. Really? Yeah. And so and then I've learned since cuz I've done I've stocked a lot of those seats too. So I was sorry. <laughs> I was trying to find my iPhone. No, no, I was trying to mute my iPhone actually uh, and uh, find my iPhone. Yes. But uh, uh, so yeah, factory pole positions that little known fact they'll also fit. I'm told 987, uh, 97.5 uh, Porsches, right? Like Cayman wow. Boxster. But um, but yeah, the the they are legit regard pole positions, and they're they're in Audi then leathers. And then the the way you tell is they've got like a little imprinted that's the Audi one versus mm-hmm. the Porsche one. Up above this kind of center sections in the headrest area, mm-hmm. just little subtle Recaro stamped into the leather. Oh, that'd be cool. And they did them. I've seen them in black. I've seen them in light gray. Um, the, I saw you'll see them in the UK a lot. A lot of yeah, guys in the yeah. UK bought these cars, and because the TTs are like not quite gotten to the point where they're they're starting to come around as classics, but they're not. They're we're not there that, yet. We're seeing that a little bit here, right? And and I think especially in the UK and Germany, I, I would say they're almost behind us a little bit. Because you can see a lot of TT, like TT being parted out, and and again, Facebook Marketplace for like used TT parts. I was I found a decently priced Goodwood Green Roadster last summer, and I was thinking like, man, do I do? Yeah, do, do I, I do this? Trigger. And I was stalking like pole positions in Germany, and you know all this cool yeah. stuff that like we never got. Um, but it's pre side impact airbags, so like it doesn't really matter. Right? No, like it's, it's not fine. like they couldn't have yeah. sold it here; they just didn't. Um, it's not like there were cars that went in like the Mark 1 R8s mm-hmm. or the Gen 2 TTs. Those were mm-hmm. non-side airbag and that creates a problem right, right. Uh, for us because our cars weren't programmed for that. But, but yeah, it's, you, you watch Europe and... Well, and, and it's interesting. I have in my... I call it the adventure. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a number of parts from Britain. Uh, as And I would agree with you. There's, there's a lot of parts there that are available and they're... 
very fairly priced, and I've got stuff from Germany as well. Um, just little things here and there that you you can't get here, or yeah. it's hard to find here. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. other challenge with Mark One TTs is so many of them have been. It's cool that you're amassing these parts because obviously your car's modifiable. So see if we can post a photo of it with this. Um, but but you've got those parts to put it back. Where so many walk around the show and like the Mark One TTs here are all modified. But that's oh, pretty characteristic it, of anywhere. Right? Well, that's true. I mean, the thing is. Um, when you've got a car that at some moment has has had really good mass production, there were a lot of them. Yeah. And they, you know, they've got a new model or something. Those cars are dirt cheap to pick up, and there's tons of them, and nobody thinks anything about modding them to the limit. Right. Because you think, okay, there's tons of them. Who cares? Well, except you know, ten years later, well, there aren't tons of them, and to try. A yeah. Find a nice factory original one is crazy. And the, and the challenge, too, even back then, right? A typical ALMS owner probably was like, all right, well, I want to do wheels. I can sell these to some kid with a GTI yeah. and get a lot of money back and, like, put that more into mods. So, like, yeah. a lot of those parts just go away. Yeah. And, and so it's cool that you're kind of well, putting it, it back it, together. And it's just, you know, I want to have that stack of parts. Yeah. Um, and it, as I say, the, my wife is not particularly pleased. And a bunch of people look at me and say, well, why? You're never going to do it. Yeah. You're never going to put it back. Yeah, you're right. I'm never going to. They're also never going to have the parts more. there. You know what I mean? Like right now, it's probably, you're going to find the most, where we are is a moment in time at the TTA age that it is. You're not going to get them cheaper and you're not going to get them more plentiful than they are today. Right? Mm -hmm. Or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's never going to get, from here on in, they're less available and they're going to get more expensive. Well, and, and it's interesting. Um, well, not to mention that they, they killed the TT model too. So. Yeah, not yeah. yet, not yet. Well, it's well, it's coming. It's yeah, yeah, it, well, it's going. Or, it's going. or <laughs> well, or it might, they might just make it electric. And wow. You know what? If they do it right, that yeah. could be fabulous. But coming back to parts, yes. In Canada, uh, if you want, if if uh, you need, and I needed a new front clip, an yeah. OEM front clip. I can search until the cows come home, and they're not available. Uh, I found one car, that, uh, one TT that was at the wreckers, and uh, everybody seems to wreck the front ends of TTs. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody seems to wreck the front ends. But um, they had one, and, and I said, okay, you know, I really need a front clip for this thing, and they are, you know, and I said, well, can you look up and see what other wreckers in Canada have a TT? And he said, sure, I can just put that on and I'll know in a moment. And so he says, does this thing and he says, um, there's one other in all of Canada. Really? And it's in Montreal. <laughs> and, and, uh, okay, you know, so Jacques here. So I had Jacques go over, oh, the car was completely stripped. And you can't find front so you guys have Copart here too? Like in the US we had this company called Copart that like on one hand they warehouse their own store of parts but they also hook in. Or, yeah, early on what they did was they created this searchable network of Yes, we have we parts have similar thing. Yeah. Here. yeah. Well the other weird thing again this is super nerd knowledge but I'll throw it out you probably know already <laughs> is is the Canadian specific TT has these little bumperettes that were required by the Canadian government that that US and Germany didn't have so like if you want to build your car correct as a like Canadian spec ALMS 
you need that Canadian front bumper, not the American one. Yeah, well, no, I, the I, American I, one looks more like a, I, the bumper. I, again, a whole another story, but I've learned this. <laughs> um, so the front clip that's on my car, uh, which gives me all of two or three inches of clearance, <laughs> uh, I've busted two or three times. And I thought, screw this, and I'm getting another front clip. Yeah. And I tried to get the OEM one. Well, they're not, a, you, you can't find them. Right. And so I bought an aftermarket one. And so got that, showed up, came home from California. And, you know, we take off the front clip, we're putting it on, and there is no way on this earth that's going on there. And <coughs> the, the difference, the difference is, the Canadian cars had a five kilometer an hour bumper rebar. Okay. And it's bigger, it's taller. And, and the that's American ones was a two mile an hour bumper and it's smaller. And that's why the front clip on a Canadian car, you cannot put an American front clip here. Um, and so, you know, you just, so that's, you know, this front clip had come up from the US and, you know, so I have it available if anybody would like it. <laughs> um, but then I tried to find, so then I thought, okay, well, all of these cars, I must be able to get a front bumper rebar, a US one. I'll just get it. It's smaller. I'll just bolt it on and then this thing, I can't even get a front US really? one. <laughs> so this one, this front clip just gets, keeps getting repaired and repaired and repaired. But, um, I actually found a car, I found a, a local place that has a TT that they're parting out and I just said to him, I don't care, I want the front end. And he says, well, what do you mean the front end? I said, basically almost all the parts on the front end. Put my name on it, I get first dibs, I don't care. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, he's, you know, he's waiting to park the thing out, but he, every time I go in, yeah. I say, Oscar, and he goes, your name's on it, it's okay, you know, <laughs> but it's crazy to try and find them. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> you know, obviously, just from, you know, listening to you, I can hear your passion for your, for your TT and for, you know, Audis in general. How did you get started with Audi Club Eastern Canada? Hmm. Uh, so, so <laughs> Is that a story there? Okay. <clears throat> no, well, it's not really a story. I mean, I, I got the car mm -hmm. and I thought... I really don't know a lot about Audis, online, found it, joined. That was it. That was six years ago. Wow. And for the first, I, I think, unfortunately, like a, a, a bunch of people in some of the smaller chapters, we were a very small chapter. I think we had 20 or 30 members. Uh, I was perfectly happy for four years to just get the magazine. You know, that was it. Um, there's a fair amount of percentage of the membership that yeah that, that it's a magazine yeah and um no events no leadership no nothing and then um i guess it was about four years ago and it was probably prompted by the magazine thank you george um i, <laughs> I thought, think four years is before I was <laughs> the yeah. i'm gonna say thank you george thank you um you know and i forget what triggered it um but it was, it was probably a magazine came in and I'm reading through it and I'm, I'm seeing all these things that other chapters are doing and I thought, uh, okay, I'm done with this. And I just started uh, poking and prodding the national office at the time. And, you know, I 
did what I do and I poked and I kept prodding and I kept poking and prodding and poking and prodding. Next thing I know, um, I'm, I've been nominated to be on the board. Uh, I end up on the board, much to Paul's, <laughs> Paul's frustration. I think that we're going a little inside baseball. Yeah. Here. So it's worth saying, one is Paul's executive director of the club. You're on the board of directors. Yeah. And, and you're one of the people I think who's good at pushing us beyond and as a large organization sometimes you like to stay in your comfort zone because that's what you know yeah and and i think this is where probably a bit of a a pat on your back some of the most aggressive growth the club has seen as of late is uh your chapter Mm -hmm. uh and 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 so under your guidance and i think that's where um it it may push out of the comfort zone but it's it's certainly great at you know the club at this at this point in time has a great energy about it and a a good track towards Mm -hmm. growth we actually last month probably a lot of you're doing but last month was our our first year over year month i mean we've had a a fair amount of growth months at this point but yeah but um but we're seeing sustainable growth at this point which is great to see because you see a lot of other clubs some much larger than ours that are either on a downward trend or worse hemorrhaging yeah um yeah and and so clearly that's that's going against the norm um so for the what maybe a lot of people listening don't know is 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 that background. Mm-hmm. So sorry to interrupt where you're going. No, no, that, but. no. I mean, and this is. I mean, I work in the software industry, um, and I've worked with a lot of startup companies, and I've just learned there are two things. First, if you don't ask, the answer is no. So I'm asking all. You the don't time. ask, you don't get. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I've learned is, most of the time, it's better to be asking for forgiveness than for permission. And so I just go and we try a lot of things and you know, for all the success that we've had, 50% of the stuff that we've tried has got turfed and it's got turfed within, we fail fast. It's got turfed within weeks or a month and done. We're not doing that anymore. And we try something else and we just keep going. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, it's fun. It's again, it's an adventure. It's, It's what I do. It's, I love the car. Um, if you ask me a whole, I mean, way more people in, in the chapter and in leadership know way more about Audis than I do. I, I like, I have a car. I like my car. Right. I drive my car because I like it. And I can tell you a lot about the ALMSs. I can't tell you about everything else. Um, but I just, I just have fun. I think that's also, uh, a little more inside baseball clubs in general. I think that, that that's the challenge I think for a club is to, it's pretty natural with most either car clubs or car groups, forums, whatever, for like who's the bigger nerd. You, you know, you can measure who's who knows more about what. And at the end of the day, I think these organizations to survive and grow, they have to be more than that one speed. Yes. Right? Yes. It has to be about it. what may do it for you is TTALMS. What may do it for Bill is what on track HPDs? You've done a lot of track events, I hear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. tons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill's never done a track event, so I'm doing a little bit. I, of love, shit. I love your helmet. You know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's just my hair. <laughs> I haven't got a haircut yet. So. But, but but where I'm going with this is different things for different people, Absolutely. and like so whether it's it's maybe it's doing some charitable act with with trying to use your car passion towards that, or whether it's the magazine, or whether it's whatever. It's, it's social. I know that when we first came on, it was social events versus track events, right? Mm-hmm. right. You had two different factions within the club, and nowadays it's so much more than that. It's you know we're joking around with like you know um, whether it's well not joking it, uh, 
charity events or whether it's electric cars or whether it's cue car owners, like trying to think about programming for um, maybe families or people who own crossovers at this point, which aren't your typical track rat car, unless yeah. you're hauling stuff to the track with correct, it. Correct. Um, and, and so that's where, I think that is a bigger challenge though, right? The fact that you can see that you know what draws you in, that's fine, but you can also see that maybe what works for you or Jacques or one of the other folks that we've said, some of the other people we've met from your chapter, that's different things to different guys. You know, Savvy's a photographer, he likes oh, yeah. tuning, he likes shooting cars. Um, it's, it's, I think that's the healthier chapters, the ones who get that and don't just hole up in their own silo of this is what we do. Yeah. But like instead, you know. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I'll talk with anybody. You know, mm-hmm. I'll talk with anybody. <laughs> and uh, there was a woman at work, and was chatting with them. And you know, I've got Audi stuff up in my cubicle, and, and she says, "Oh, you got an Audi?" And I said, "Yeah." And she says, "Oh, we got one too." And I said, "Oh," at which point I can't help but I go into sell the club mode. Right. And she says, "Oh, I never want to be part of a car club. I'm not that interested in the car. We like the car, but I'm not interested in." Uh, and, and I and just a little something in my head goes, ask. I said, so what, what do you do? And she said, oh, we really like cycling. Okay. Um, I'm guessing it's sort of mountain biking as opposed to road racing. And she goes, yeah, no, you know, we'd like to go out. And it's not aggressive, but we like to go and do that. And I got to think about this. I thought, here you've got somebody with an S4. Um, it's an all-road, I think. Certainly a long route. And they have it because they like to be able to put the car, the bikes in the back and go out somewhere and go riding. And, you know, a couple days go by and I'm thinking, why don't we do that? And so we've actually got an event coming up and it's called, we're calling it a drive and ride. And it starts at a dealership who, who actually doesn't sponsor a race car. So it's, it's, it's a more family oriented deal. Starts there. We're inviting everybody to bring their bikes. We've got a couple of bike shops that are gonna get in there and sponsor. And so if, if you're coming on that event, you know, bring your bike into the shop, they'll tune it up beforehand. And then we're gonna do a drive from the dealer through the Niagara escarpment to, uh, um, it's actually a ski hill. Cool event. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, well, here's the challenge, man. I've got two girls, right? Two daughters who are <coughs> um, 10 and 13. And, and how to get them engaged in like we're sitting here in mm-hmm. iCar today, forty minutes oh, in, the city. In, this is it's the place. Father's Day. Yes, <laughs> my yeah. daughters are back in the hotel in Old Town, Montreal, and they're yeah. going to go walking around to the Biodome or wherever yeah, today yeah. with their mom. And so, like, getting them to come here and be another great at entertaining my my overindulgence in cars. But like, where I'm going with this is getting them to be on an event with me. Is so I'd much rather be. Even if I'm less into biking, which I'm not, I actually like biking. But nor to, am I. To do an event with them is so much more attractive to me at this stage of my life than going out and doing one alone. And frankly, more likely I will be able to attend it. Yes. <laughs> if yes. I'm going with them. So we've sort of socialized it around before we, we pulled the trigger and said, hey, why don't we do this and talk to the dealer with it. Yeah. And yes, all of the track rats said no. But there was this whole other group of people, you know, um, people who have cues, people who have A's, and and, uh, dads and moms, and they said, please, and so we're going to do it, and we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes, but the dealership 
the dealership sort of, you know, they've heard from us before. We talk about advanced driving and, and this and team driving and stuff. Yeah. And they go, yeah, yeah, we, we, we presented this to them. They go, oh, yeah, we're in. Yeah, I'll tell you what, too, from a business standpoint, that's an excellent opportunity for them to maybe sell a couple bike racks, too. You know well, I mean? and that's and we're going to get them to, to offer bike racks, um, you know, at a reduced price, and, yeah. they're, and they're in for that's that. That's a great idea. And, <coughs> you know, let's make sure you're, you know, talk about tires and talk about wheels and bike racks and trailer hitches and, yeah. you know, uh, floor mats yeah. uh, inside and, um, you know, wash and cleaning and <coughs> detailing products. And, and they're... It's like, okay, like nobody's doing this. Well, yeah, okay, let's try it. Well, what, I, go ahead. No, no, after you. No, wasn't, isn't there a chapter that's, um, that bought bike, bike racks or, or Yeah, that might be or, interesting to you guys. I, I'm trying to remember what St. chapter Louis, it was. St. St. It may have been St. Louis. Yeah. They have sort of a roof rack or, or you know, whatever equipment rack mm-hmm. library. So they... You can really? go to, yeah, right? So they have this, you can, as a member of the chapter, yeah. not a, this probably needs to be thought through from, you know. Well, it's probably not coming across the board. Complexity. Any, any, yeah. Right. But, for, but we just found out about this a couple yeah, months ago. Particularly well, when you start to, maybe bars you might buy your own, but in a case like a roof box, I have a roof box at home. Right? Yeah. I use it twice a year, really. Waterfest, when we right. go there to carry equipment. <laughs> and when I go to the beach and we go up to Maine and we throw it on top mm-hmm. of my wife's Q7 and all the beach crap goes in there all the sand stays hopefully in that yeah as opposed to all through right but those two times a year otherwise it sits in the basement of my office and is unused where you know if you have if if boxes are not that's one of the most expensive things you can buy Mm -hmm. so to go to like a Thule or to Audi accessories or whomever and to to have a a couple of those that the chapter members can grab Mm -hmm. and that it's a nice now granted maybe for you in in the Toronto area I think you need to obviously have it in a higher density area of members where I am in like rural Pennsylvania. Um, I'm probably, yeah. And, and this is the greater Toronto area. Yeah. Um, but if, and, and we're not driving far because actually the Niagara escarpment goes through the outskirts of Toronto. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're talking, you know, small mountain, it's a ski hill in the winter. It's a ski hill in the summer. It's a, this off road track, off road, uh, course. Yeah. And several, there are several cycle clubs of, right. of communities that are as far as an hour away, and that's their destination every night of one night of the week. Right. And uh, this is this is great that you found not really a need but a want from the club members just by asking them what they want. Well, and, I mean, and, it's and just, that's I keep telling the leadership here in Eastern and in Western Canada. I keep saying to them, it's about the membership. It's about the membership. It's yeah. about the membership. I mean. Talk to your members and see what they want, and and don't just respond to the stuff that you expect to hear. Listen for the stuff you don't expect to hear, and ask a little more and listen. And that's what we've done. But I, I think too that's where, like like, let's back seven. And this isn't to single anyone out or any interest because I think every, everybody's interest, as much as you're enjoying the passion, how you express it, whether that's in a, you know, high performance driving, whether that's bikes or whatever it is, is really irrelevant. It's it's just a matter of that you share the enjoyment, right? It's a, it's a it's a network, if you will. So, you know, that I think the challenge is you look at from a number standpoint and you say, okay, well, how can we grow this club? And if you just stick it, I'm looking over here at this track wreck solstice behind you in this garage. If you just left it with people who were out at the track all day, you know, there aren't that many of us who 
you know, I enjoy being on a track, mm-hmm. but I main most of the time I've done it, most of the track days I've done are been like, um, you know, an Audi driving experience or, you know, I go mm-hmm. do it in somebody else's car, so I'm not mm-hmm. beating the heck out of mine, but like, um, that's a small number of owners to mm-hmm. be frank. And so the, I think that's one of the, I think biggest challenges we looked at from the national side is how do you create programming for particularly Q car owners? I am one now, right? My mm-hmm. wife's got a Q7. How do we do something that's of interest to my family because yeah. honestly taking that thing out on like a mountain road isn't that interesting to me no. <laughs> but but like but, but doing something like your bike event it sounds spectacular I would totally attend it if it weren't five six hours away from my house no. yeah. and attend virtually you know yeah. I mean um, but but yeah that's the track rats are easy yeah to keep engaged except they're so generally speaking they're so single-minded and they're not encompassing of everybody else. I'm going to say it more diplomatically. Okay. For a lot of people, and this is one of the things I love about you, but for a lot of people, the club is about your own self-indulgence or yes. self, your own passion about your car. Yes. Right? So what is, what's interesting to me uh, is really, if I'm just in, I'm in this as a job, right? I do mm. the magazine. Um, and I think some people, such as yourselves, will extend more about looking at it from a macro organizational level, not just your own particular enjoyment but that shouldn't be that I don't mean that as a critique towards to most members it is just how they enjoy their car or their life with their car and that's fine somebody comes to the club initially someone comes to the club with a particular unmet need yeah and we've seen that unmet need range from just I love my Audi and I'd like to hang out with other people to I love my Porsche, BMW, blah, 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 and I'm not real happy with those clubs, but you guys seem to have fun. We've got a bunch of those. Yeah. Um, so everybody comes with their own need. What I find interesting is all of those individuals <coughs> have significant others, and the significant others often are driving a Volkswagen or Audi product. Yeah. And they They're also driving their decision making well, on what to do on yeah. the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 they they kind of see well, again, my wife. I'm I'm off here for four days at bureaucracy and it's kinda of like, okay. Yeah. You know, in and they see what's going on, and it's not that they're well, some of them are completely against it, but a bunch of them would just like to see something a little softer. You know, no, I'm not going out on the track. No, I'm not interested in getting a, a helmet. Yeah. What else or, do you do? Or the punches more the buttons. I will say, one, one of these days, I'm going to make this happen because mm. I keep throwing this idea out there. Mm. Maybe talking to you, it will happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, one of the things I... <coughs> Bill, take a note. I'm but, taking notes. No, but one, one of... And stop me if I've... Well, they haven't heard it before, so I'll tell you anyway. You can just pretend you're humored by it. But, mm. but, but where I'm going with this is, one of the things that I think about with any social group I join is like... Is there a way to maybe do some good with it that's not just, I really love to indulge in my cars. Mm-hmm. I, trust me, I got a, a several cars. Yeah, yeah. I love them. But if I can do something good with them or productive with them, then that's even more interesting to me. And one of the things I've thought about is like, how can we pick up some sort of charitable, mm. like some, some sort of charitable way to utilize these cars or utilize at least the group. And one of the things that keeps striking in the US, I did this once, a buddy of mine, his mom died uh, when we were younger of uh, breast cancer and his, mm-hmm. his uh, family 
I think still to this day, I, I did it for a couple of years. Um, they would go and do these, I don't know if it's Susan G. Komen, but somebody does these 24-hour walkathons where you yep. you go to like a high school track. Yes. And these te- you set up tents and you're there for 24 hours. And it's so it's it's sort of that same 24-hour endurance, if you will, very loosely spoken to like say Daytona mm-hmm. or Le Mans. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, you've got this 24-hour period to sort of bond. And I had a great experience with my buddy's family mm-hmm. when I've done it. And so, like, there's part of me that thinks that's an amazing opportunity that we could go and, you know, okay, maybe you park the cars and you're, mm-hmm. you're there more for the people than you are for the cars. But at the same time, like, whether it's your biking event, people you may encounter on the trail, or whether it's people you might encounter at this, at this event, and because these happen around the country, it's something mm-hmm. that I feel like we could scale to other chapters. But to go and do it, one, raise money for charity, and, and, and two, you might encounter some people who aren't hanging out on, you yes. know... A, a, an Audi forum or, yeah. or an Audi group on Facebook but but may love their car and may have more of a they may find their way down that rabbit hole as encountering you there at, at a place where they totally did not expect to encounter a car enthusiast yeah. you know yeah. and I completely agree um, it would okay so seed has been planted <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no pressure whatsoever no, no, at some point and it's, it's just a pet project of mine at some point and it's alright this is the way my head works I've already got a really good idea but uh, That'll be for another day. Um, But we, in Eastern Canada, um, we always ask if someone's coming out to an event to bring something for the food bank. Yeah, I've noticed that. um, But just by looking at the events page on your your website, uh, you'll see the donation, like fee is donation to food bank. And so so we do that. And that's that's very much come up because (coughs) Trevor, our, our president, he's very involved with the food bank. Um, my sister, who's a member of the club, who's in London, she's involved with the food bank, and I've been there, and I've seen, you right. know, what they do. And so we just sort of said, hey, we're going to take on the food bank. Um, but more to your, your 24-hour thing, it, the interesting thing there, I find, is it's something that a person um, can, can get caught up in and, and say, yes, I'm going to go do and it pushes them outside their their comfort zone like okay i'm sorry i'm an early to bed crazy early to rise guy <laughs> you're not going to get me out somewhere walking for 24 hours it ain't going to happen i'm going to be asleep but i'm going to be asleep in a corner somewhere yeah. <laughs> um but i i like the idea of challenging people and saying look come a little bit outside of your comfort zone there's a safety net here but you're helping. I mean, Brett, who's one of the leaders of the chapter, and I, we are both totally committed ourselves to be blood donators. And we absolutely book it every time that we can, as soon as we can possibly go. And it's interesting because we both show up in the parking lot at the blood donation center with our cars. (laughs) You know, we come in hot and we park them right at the very front and, and we go in and we do our thing and we come out and, you know, we casually drive home. <coughs> within but, legal limits. Yes, yeah, within okay. the, well, also being down a court, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's, you know, we, we, we do that to make a difference and we do, and I, I've given blood for a long time, he's given it blood for a long time, um, but we discovered through the club that we both did, and we both felt it passionately. 
and uh, and so we go and do that, and it, it's our every five week thing, and you know, uh, we both sort of work in the same city, and we both donate in a different city, and we hook up and we drive, you know, it's it's this crazy little, you know, group drive over to the blood donation center. <laughs> That's cool. Um, you know, we chat them all up and have fun, and and they laugh because they're now used to us showing up and. You know, oh, oh, um, Brett and Gord are here because I can hear their cars, you know, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Yeah. That's neat. It's cool. <coughs> so let's talk a little bit about your chapter because I'm mm. curious about this, this, uh, professional pro program that you guys have. Yes. That's something you guys started and I, can you give us, cause I'm sure. If they're not from your chapter, anybody listening right now probably has no experience with it. So Yeah. Um, so I, uh, as I was trying to get things going here, um, I would go into dealers and uh, have wonderful conversations with them. And they'd smile and nod their heads. And, and it just basically went flat after that, you know. Um, they may or may not return emails and texts and whatever. <coughs> And, uh, you know, I, I struggled with it because I'm thinking, oh, going in. I went in, last year, I went into 18 different dealers and made the pitch. Okay. And none, none of them were single visit things. It was 18 dealers, and I must have been in each one four or five times. And it, they were polite, but they didn't get it. They, I, w- I was talking a different language. And one night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, because I'm struggling, what's going on? Why, 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 you know? And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, all I know is sales. Everything about to them is about sales. I need to go in and sell them something because they'll understand selling. So, <coughs> so I came up with this literally overnight I came up with this notion I'm going to go in and I'm going to sell a professional membership and what's that going to be? Well I don't really know Um, so I noodled for a day or two and I thought okay well what if we do this and we do that you know and I went in and um, and I basically said okay um, hi Audi Club we've talked to you before hey we got this new thing it's a professional membership and here's what you get. You get three or four memberships for your staff influencers. So the people on your staff who you think are the ones that really can help, they're really connected with your customers. The customers listen to them, the customers like them. So what we call influencer memberships. And then we'll give you X number of just regular memberships. And what we want you to do is give those to your customers who come in and they're passionate and they're brand ambassadors on their own. So again, that. And <coughs> and we'll do, we'll, we'll commit to coming and doing an event with you. So if you've got, a, the dealer's got umpteen events that are going on. So uh, you tell us, give us a month's notice and we'll get the membership and we'll all show up with our cars to support your event. 
and you know we'll be off to the side that's fine but we'll be here and we'll all be in our shirts and the cars will be beautiful and clean and and we'll talk the brand up and um and so that's what i pitched and i put a dollar value to it i basically said okay well how many memberships are we giving away here and i took that and multiplied it right to the dollar value so that nobody's losing money and then i basically added about a thousand or two thousand dollars to it because frankly the cost seemed too little right. <laughs> for an Audi dealer. <coughs> and I went in and I pitched that. First time that I pitched it, they uh, said, hey, this is really interesting. And I mean, a completely different response because I was selling them something. And uh, like a week later, they said, yeah, who do we send the check to? Hmm. Um, you can send it to me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that, now, from that very first deal it has morphed big time uh, but that's again that's just how I roll I mean you see something working and you say okay well, let's push it a little further let's push it a little further and you right. push until it breaks and then you back it off a little um, so we now have an individual pro uh, for just a single person we have service one and service two and we have dealer one and dealer two and uh, they each come, you know, they're tiers and they each come with different things. And um, I think we've got something like 30. We okay. have 30 pro members. Um, and it's, it's focused the leadership to say, because again, we, we talked earlier about service the membership. Well, now we have pros who are members. We need to service them. And so it's not just, oh, you know, go to the dealer when you want or need something. No. So every pro at a certain level gets a club rep and they are in contact with them every month. And they say, how's it going? What's coming up? Here's what we're doing. Want to do something? Blah, 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 blah. And it, it just, it's just working like crazy. Do you have like core folks who do that or do you, do you kind of spread it out amongst the... We spread it out. Do you? Yeah. We have, I mean, we always... Is it largely like, sorry to interrupt, is it largely a customer of that particular dealer who, who becomes that rep? Or is, or... Sometimes. <coughs> sometimes. Generally, it's always somebody who's local to that dealer or okay. that shop. Um, but... Uh, but some of the leaders are reps and some of just the general membership uh, take on and say, hey, they put their hand up and say, hey, I'd like to volunteer and help out. No, I don't want to be leadership. I don't want to run for election, but I'd like to help out. And some of those people get assigned. So uh, we've spun it out. So it took most of 2018 to sort of tweak things, um, but we got it pretty much right they get decals and and decals for the uh the doorway to go into their shop and says hey we're decals, in it. decals. yeah decals oh <laughs> um, pardon my density <laughs> and and so you know it says hey we're an audi club pro member and members are welcome uh, i mean uh, i think you've yeah, seen it yep. um and we give them those um, for their cars, for their influencers, they get uh, ones that Audi Club North America professional underneath them. And it, it just sort of tries to make them special. They get listed on the website and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, so we sorted all that out 
in Eastern, and um, you know, it was again an adventure. It was a game to what's going to work, what's not going to work, you know. Um, and then in the beginning of this year, 2019, um, we spun it out to Western Canada, and you know, the nice thing there was it was sorted. There was a brochure. There was terms. There was understanding and everything. And, you know, they started promoting it. I don't know. Here we are, you know, the middle of June. They started promoting it probably the beginning of May. And they've got two or three already that have signed up to be pros. And it's just like, holy smokes. Like, what a difference. Because now you, one of the things that the pros by extension do is they're making a shall I call it a commitment I don't know that it's a commitment but they are bringing their customers their no. customer list yeah. to the equation I think it is a commitment I, I think the challenge is when we first started we got uh, hooked up with Audi Club um, shortly after you know, I got out of the business with right, right. Fortitude and what have you. And, and one of the things we were asked to do early on uh, when we got involved was to sort of take a, uh, an inventory of the different chapters in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that came up in this discussion, it might be self-telling, I don't want to name the chapter, but there was a chapter that basically said, like, we have this, dealers are, can be obviously hit or miss, depending on the chapter, depending on how engaged they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in a, in a solid, you know, look at certain metropolitan markets where like yep. some dealers are, maybe they're owned by a larger company and they're a little less likely to support a, a community group like right. this. Mm-hmm. But, but one of the things we found too was like there was one particular dealer in particular that sticks out that like one of the, that one of their customers or two of their customers, I don't know, were, were longer time more foundational members of the club mm-hmm. and so they would walk into these mm. dealers like do you know who I am oh my yeah yeah <laughs> and, and so guess what it was a small state where like there weren't a lot of dealers and none of the dealers wanted to work with the yeah. club because but, like but how do you how do you sort of this was the yeah you this, don't have an alternative these these, these people talk were the, to. yeah the, do you know how I am guys were are like that was the what the Audi Club had been branded in this space and like not surprisingly, the dealers wanted nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, like, I got other things. Right? Do. Right. And so I think that's the, the, what's, to me, the most interesting thing here is, one, it, it, I, it almost seems like a two-prong, or from two different directions, rather, uh, a, a way to engage both sides and sort of set up a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Um, because we all need, we need dealers, dealers mm-hmm. need us. That's, it's a synergist relationship. And so it, it, it establishes that, and it does it in a positive way, I think, mm-hmm. from both sides, where you don't have these guy do you know who I am yeah. guys yeah <laughs> well it's it, it and it's interesting as I say it's 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 been an evolution and when I first went in and was talking with the dealers um, you end up you end up just because you think it makes common sense to be talking with the sales side of the thing and I learned very quickly to to focus on the uh, Audi Sport sales senior salesperson <coughs> Um, just in the last month or so, I've made almost a complete about face on that. No. And I don't bother talking to the salespeople anymore because they are all about what are you going to do for me tomorrow? You know, are you going to bring me a sale tomorrow? Right. And it's like, 
I don't know that I can bring you a sales. But it's the way their world operates. Well, that's the way their world operates. However, the service department takes a completely different attitude. And so I now go in and I, yes, you'll talk to the general manager and stuff. And then you say, can you introduce me to your service manager? And I go and talk with them. And I say, here's here's what we want to do. We want to soften the dealer experience. So we want to soften the sale, you know, the, you know, the sometimes intense, sometimes not so intense sale of a car. We want to soften that so that people come back and come to you for service. And we want to put a friendly face on service as opposed to people go, well, I bought the car, you know, I, Got my you know, I, I paid, yeah, I paid yeah. it, you know, I'm glad somebody's, you know, able to put food on the table yeah. and I am, <laughs> I am heading down the street to somebody else to service this thing right. because, because, right? So we're trying to put a softer, uh, more gentle approach or view of the service department. And, um, and that seems to work. I mean, we've got a, a, some of our pro dealers offer uh, 10% off your parts for service or, and, and it's not consumable parts, it's Audi parts, uh, for service or if you go in and pick them up yourself from the parts department, you get 10% off because you're a member. Yeah. And they also say, hey, well, why don't we extend that? We'll give 15% off the accessory stuff. Perfect, you know? And it just softens it. And so what we end up doing when we're doing an event there, one of what we call a meet and greet, is we're not interested in the showroom. We're not interested in the parking spaces out front of the showroom. We're interested in the drive-through service and the first five or six service space. And we're gonna fill that with cars that are interesting. We maybe put a car up in a hoist. We're gonna show people. We want the we want the service advisors to be there. Thank you. You can send a salesperson if you want, but we want the service advisors to be there because that's who we can have a warm, happy space with. Um, and that seems to be that that's going. I mean, as I talk to, um, we have a, an event coming up at Oakville. Um, they happen to be the the first pro member, and um, talking with them. And I said, I, that's where I tried the, let's go after the service people. <coughs> and um, they said, oh, well, you know, we really, you know, we've got we've to get, you know, the customers and the people who want to buy cars. And I, you know, so you, you sort of gently prod and push. And, and they came around to, okay, you know, we, we are going to put people in that are, you know, new car buyers. But yes, we're going to, you know, put a bigger focus on service people, especially service people that we haven't seen in a while. And uh, yes, we're going to ask every service advisor to name their kind of favorite 10 customers and they're going to get a personal invitation and we're going to make sure all the service advisors are there. So normally when we do that sort of thing, we'll get a response, you know, we might get 20, 30, 40 people. Um, of their customer base who will, who will respond and say, yes, I'm going to come. Um, we sent the invite out to the membership on a Monday night at nine o'clock. They sent out the, the invite to their customer base that they had chosen at 10 o'clock the Tuesday morning. By four o'clock on Tuesday evening, we were over 50 people who had registered to come. And since then, I mean, it, it's about a week, 
we're well over a hundred. How many? Uh, do you know your split on like members versus their customers? That you recommend? Uh, I would say it's about twenty members and eighty percent customers. No kidding. Yeah. And they absolutely publicized it as uh, come and meet the Audi Club. Yeah. And um, they're going to be in the service bay and they're going to do this. And, and it's just, you know, we're going to have a barbecue and some ice cream and, and, and that's it. Um, for them as a dealer, the event is maybe a couple grand. And, you know, we, you know, we show up with some swag and stuff and cars and, and we all just have a great time. What's cool about it, I mean, going back to the synergy, right? Like is on one hand, you're going to engage their best customers in the brand that much more. Mm -hmm. And on your side, it's a great way to get their most uh, passionate customers a conduit into the yeah. organization. So yeah. It sounds like a brilliant plan. Yeah. Chris, well, see how it goes. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I would love to, you know, if y'all have, I mean, you know, because I, I put a lot of stuff on the national website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I know that y'all just, we design, not just redesign, but we designed your own uh, Canadian website. Mm -hmm. which, is, which is great, by the way. So, thank you. But if we can, you know, uh, if, if I can tell the rest of uh, the chapters to our national website um, what you guys are doing your photos especially this event coming up in Oakville mm -hmm. you know it may spark some well and uh, an I mean you're, Jacques here and yeah. Jacques is our, our director of communications and uh, you know yeah but um, I'll talk to Jacques about yeah this, if because I kind of he's got We've taken a, an approach to across Canada to have a single website mm -hmm. and multiple Facebook sites with local communities, right? Um, including ones here in Quebec. They're both. We have a Facebook site that's English and a Facebook site that's uh, French. Uh, multiple Instagram accounts, again based on communities. Multiple. No, we have one LinkedIn account that goes across Canada, but we've chosen to have the core information on the website. And we embrace the local people through social media. And that's really worked well for us. Yeah, um, yeah it's worked well for us. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been an adventure. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons, obviously, why we came up bureaucracy. Because, bureaucracy, not bureaucracy. <laughs> uh, because we, uh, well, my own personal reason, because I've never been in Canada before. But I've always, you know, we, we've heard about the show in our past life. And, you know, we want to come up. Uh, but and you know not to teach your horn or anything but I've learned a lot in the last couple of days from just watching the, the Canada crew how they operate and how they um, you know you you have your morning huddle mm -hmm. you know, this is our assignments you know this is what we're going to do understand everybody wants to have fun I mean that's what we're here for essentially we want to have fun but we want to inform other people um, so it's it's some of the ideas that, I, that I've always had, always had doing events myself, but I'm picking up. I mean, you always can learn uh, stuff like this. So if we can get other chapters, um, when they do an event like this, I mean, it's just, that's what, it, you're right. As a club, we don't exist without the members. And, you know, as members, you know, we want to do more for the members, so they want to be part of the club. But I think one of the strengths too about the larger conglomeration of, you know, you look at in Europe, you have ACI, Audi Club International, right? And you have all these little clubs mm -hmm. because of the way the markets are laid out, well, countries and, and are laid out there. Yeah. Right. right. 
but 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 one of the advantages of the conglomeration of all these chapters banded together, uh, which is effectively what what it was over time, right? It was these different clubs. Like you look at NEQ, doesn't really mm-hmm. follow the the naming structure about a club because right. NEQ joined at a later time. And, right. But but that creates a conglomeration of, uh, I think, we're, uh, of a, an organization that's stronger together if if we are sharing these ideas and if we're sharing these best practices because. What you may do here, what Georgia may do with right. Quattro de Mayo, you know, what, what, what Golden Gate may do with Legends of the Audubon is, can be replicated and, and happen in other places um, and, and create a richer experience for all of us, mm-hmm. not just... Um, well, and, and, and it's, it's... We don't have to invent the wheel right. every single time. I mean, that's one of the things that, um, you know, last year is every little thing that I was doing or that we were doing here you know, we'd come up with it. everything from decals to, to flyers to just what we were going to put up on the website. We said to ourselves, okay, this is the core thing that we want to do. Fine. Now step back and how do we do that so that it is leverageable by others? It's not just us. And and there were there were times that we had real tough discussions about that and say, well, no, screw it. Let's just do it for ourselves. And I said, no, back up, <laughs> back up. At, at the very least, how can we make this work with Audi Canada, right. you know, yeah. across Canada? And eventually everybody got used to me, you know, digging my heels in. And now everybody here thinks that way. Um, I will say it was very impressive to watch. Your team, obviously, we've we've interacted with a bunch of chapters, managed our own national presence at some of these events, and watching the, you know, it, at the end of the day, this is largely volunteer organization wherever you yeah. go, and to see the time commitment uh, that you know Brett and and the, in particular Brett was all mm-hmm. over the place yesterday, and and, and mm-hmm. by all over the place I don't mean wandering around, goofing right. around, he, like. Guy was on fire, mm-hmm. and and but not oh, clearly not the only one. I'm mm-hmm. horribly bad with names, so I'm not going to name them all. But but watching your team there and being there first thing this morning for that meeting and still being in the booth, you know, and and that's one of the biggest things is just being there and being able to communicate it and making it happen. Because again, the challenge is sometimes for many of us at the show. Yeah, it's fun to go walk around and check out the cars, but but in trying to make the organization sustain and grow. That's not going to happen by me just going and checking out somebody else's car. That's going to yeah. be, yeah. That's going to be standing there doing that. And you know, one of the things that we do, and again, this is a hard learned lesson. Um, right. I think, Bill, you and I talked about it yesterday a little bit. Um, <coughs> it's volunteers, and you've got the core group or the leadership group um, that are coming. They're able to come to a particular event, and yeah, they want to walk around. And you get the volunteers who are showing up for the first time. They're local people the first time and you've got to kind of just set expectations as they say at the beginning of the day and say okay we're asking everybody to take a portion of time and maybe it's nothing more than an hour of the day you know I prefer two or three hour stints (laughs) but um, but take that period of time and give us what you can but when you give it to us give it to us completely. And if you'll agree to do that, we will tell you and help you and enable you to do what we're asking. And basically it is about growing membership. And if and 
the, the other thing is, if you have people come by who are members, you need to make them feel special. Because they're already a member, let's work on retention. And it, a lot of people don't like the whole notion of trying to sell something. Okay, right. let's get over that. You need to have the talk that you're gonna have anyway, but have the courage to say at the end of it, hey, can we sign you up? Can we put you on the mailing list? You know, what do you think? And so many people think that someone's gonna come across the table at them and, and choke them or beat them to death. They're not. Yeah. More than half the time people say, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. But if you don't ask, you know, people walk away. Well, I think, I think though that is the challenge, right? I'm by no means new in this space, <coughs> but at the same time, I've always had, like, I, I've, I think I, I recognize that there are different personalities who are mm -hmm. able to, to, to make that much more natural yeah. than others. And, and I think that's where sometimes I feel like I'm, like, I don't want to be, I tend to be more reserved in that place, right? And I think that's the challenge with the, especially a volunteer membership who may be working these booths, mm -hmm. to find those key people who are really good at it uh, and and make them your foot forward in those cases yeah. because yeah. I think what you would be able to achieve now I can put I can probably put together a magazine better than you can but yeah. you put you or me in that booth for three hours like mm -hmm. you're talking about you're going to sell more memberships than yeah. me it's just it's part of the way you're wired yeah you know what no, I mean and, and it is and it's interesting because um, it isn't clear it isn't clear who's a natural born gabber and motivator and who isn't? There's lots of people that come along and they're reserved and they're they're um, they're conservative and they lots of passion. Absolutely, they're brand advocates. Right. But ask them to ask someone to okay. How about how about you kick in the seventy bucks, right? And they're terrified. <laughs> um, by the same token, we have a, a new leader um, who I just met yesterday for the first time, and. In talking with him over the phone and via email, I thought, okay, here's here's somebody who's very interested, passionate, local. Um, you know, where where's this going to? He 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 blew away all of us yesterday with the connections that he made and the people he brought forth and said, hey, you know, I want to introduce you to Gordon and and Gordon, you know, will tell you a bit about this or. I want to introduce you to Brett or, or even you guys. And, and next thing I know, the, the person saying, yeah, I, I want to be a member. And I thought, oh, this completely unexpected from this guy. Yeah. Loved it, right? Yeah, right. And the other thing is when you've got that and it happens, the other people who are more conservative, they see it happening and they have the courage to try. Right. And that's all you want. Well, I mean, it's, <coughs> my feeling is it's, Everybody is a member of the club because they're of their passion for the brand. Mm -hmm. Passion for the brand, not only do you know, not for the brand, but also because they made great friendships through, mm -hmm. through the club. And I think more than half the battle for these people, you know, if they're struggling with, because they're thinking of it as a sale, quote unquote, right? Quite right. Uh, all you had to do is just be, you know, just talk about your passion about the club, about the people. And it, I'm not saying it should come naturally, but. Well, the if they, because the person that you're talking to, you can definitely see that you know, hey, that this this guy's like, boom, the, the club, this, and this yeah. is what we do, and um, but you, the question that you said that you ask at the end, you know, would you like to join? 
I mean, basically, all they have to do is just talk about what they do in the club, and at the very end, just say, no. You got it exactly. Right. Everybody on, everybody from the volunteers who, who just joined yesterday to the ones that have been longtime members, they can all talk about the club and they can all be passionate. Right. All they need to do is at the very, at, at, when that conversation comes to a gentle pause, is to just look at them, look at the other person, smile, and say, hey, would you like to join? Yeah. That's it. And it terrifies 70 or 80% of the people. I understand. I mean, I was Until they do it once. Yeah. Until they do it Until once. Do and once then again. all of a sudden it's like, you know, I'm not dead, and we've got a new <laughs> member. And, and it, it, they probably surprise themselves. Also, oh, they do. Like, you know, wow, yeah. I actually you know, made the quote-unquote sell. Mm -hmm. uh, and without even thinking that, it's actually so you have to get over you have to get over that great block with that. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it, it's kind of cool for, for those of us who don't have a problem with doing that. It's, it's, it, it, it empowers us mm -hmm. because we see someone breaking out of their shell, being a little more confident in themselves. It's, it's great. It's a win, 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 win. <coughs> yeah. I think part of it's confidence, but I think the other part of it is like, um, I don't know, mindset with me. It's not... It's, it's, it's not, I guess there's part of me that wants them to come to that realization on their own. And sometimes yeah, it, it ain't life, that, life ain't that subtle. No, it like, ain't that. If this were my mom walking into the booth, she would totally join her way. She'd be like, George is joining us. Yeah, I'm in. But like, yeah. unfortunately not everybody hears my mom. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, I think that's any, in any case, you're doing it right. We are about 10 minutes out from the hour and a half that we're kind of shooting for here. So I don't know if there's anything that you all. Uh, wanted to cover in this discussion that we haven't yet um, but I, it, I know from our end we just wanted to thank you for all you're doing oh, yeah, and I mean, it's clear that you guys are, are doing a lot of right things um, and, uh, and whether that's pushing us out of our comfort zones or you know or, or whatever I, I, I think it's, it's definitely something that like um, it's worth to kind of looking at much more closely what you're doing here um, both maybe shedding some light on it, educating people on it, but also, you know, people can kind of be inspired by it too. So, um, thanks for all you're doing. Hey, you, you know what? For... I'm doing it because I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns my crank and, uh, no pun intended. Um, but I'm having fun. If I wasn't having fun doing this, believe me, it would have stopped a long time ago. That's the key part. We're not yeah. having fun. We shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. no, and uh, and it's interesting. I I learn something. I get pushed out of my comfort zone often, and I learn something. I wouldn't say every day, but every week. Yeah. Um. Because I I try things and I learn things because I try things that I've never tried before, and I have no idea if they're going to work or not. I try them. Um. I had several people last March, not this past March, but the March before when I was just really going high gear. And I had several people said to me, um, even at the board level, you know, you're just going to bring yourself out. And I kept waiting for that. <laughs> and it never happened. I just, I just kept going faster and faster and faster. And what fueled me was others here in Eastern Canada and elsewhere just saw that I was just, I wasn't burning out. And they said, hey, how can I help? Maybe they were afraid I was gonna burn out, but they said, how can I help? 
and I just started delegating stuff to them and they go, you know, and, and they had fun and they learned things and that just kept me going faster. Yeah. I mean, well, all you have to do is look at the month to month growth. Your yeah. chapter is, uh, is doing it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, our internal, uh, I guess it's not internal if I'm telling you guys, but our internal target is a thousand by the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Quite you know? And we've already started to shift because we think we've got enough momentum. We generally have enough momentum. We've already started shifting to say, um, because I think Paul talks about retention of in the order of about 60% or something. We're already at 70 plus. Oh, that's great. And our, we're shifting our, our attention to, we want to have 80, we want to be above 80 in retention. Hmm. Um, I think, okay. th I will say, I think that's a challenge. And I don't know that like, um, w I, I think it's very impressive if you're able to sustain retention numbers at that high. But, but I think the challenge with just the, the way most people go about mm -hmm. our ownership is you are your most engaged when you're making the purchase or shortly thereafter, mm -hmm. right? And then it sort of wanes as, as, as you kind of move along. And if they stay with the brand, then, that's, then, they're, mm -hmm. then they're in. But if they don't, you know, I think there's always going to be a natural level of, of flow of people. Oh, and it's going it's, to be. It's always a leaky bucket. Yeah, right? there's going to be. Um, we've done a bunch of, I'm big on data. Um, and we know that the moment that we lose somebody is at two and a half years. And so <laughs> we're saying, okay, what are we going to do at two years to pull on that person's heart strength? And we're not going to get all of them, but we've got some really interesting plans. And um, that's pretty interesting. I mean, you're looking at basically like a, a lease term, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, so to see, I would imagine there's probably a commercial value to Audi in that too. Is if you're able to keep those people in, you're mm -hmm. really keeping them in the yeah. brand. That's that's so funny that you mentioned that. I just had a conversation with my wife. She was talking about employee retention, mm -hmm. and the same thing. She said they they notice between year two and three is when they they start losing people, but. Once you have them for five years, they're, they're, they're done for life. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. And we've got that. I mean, we've absolutely got the members here that what I, I kind of mentally think of as the magazine members. <coughs> and those people don't tend to show up at events and things, but they live vicariously through the magazine. And now with us doing more things locally, they're really excited to see, oh, locally, I could have gone to that, and it's not in California. Right. You know, I could have gone to that. That's down the road, you know, a half an hour drive. Um, and that just makes them more interested in staying. Um, but hey, that, and cool. a little commercial from the magazine. Yes. I think that's this last issue that we put together. We got great response rate, but kudos to you for always responding. A lot of the chapters don't take that advantage. We run this chapter news thing in the back of the book, and it's really just um, a reminder of what all is going on, right? yeah. and and to show at a local level what's going on in your backyard. And, mm -hmm. and so some of them pretty regularly don't take advantage of that, and I think that's not to be understated the value of that, and that you guys definitely do it. You're you're one of the frequent flyers who's in there regularly and and, and promoting that, but it's definitely an effective thing. So that's interesting. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that's, <coughs> it's interesting because from the day I got, I became one of the leaders of Eastern, I saw the uh, chapter news and to me, 
I didn't have a choice. I had to send something in. And so we've just done that. And it's interesting because every time the magazine comes out, that's one of the first places I go. And I read it. <laughs> and I always feel, I sincerely always feel that we are falling short. Yeah. And that we need to do a better job next issue to put in better news and more important news. But thank you for that. I yeah, mean, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it ain't rocket science, that part well, of the Well, it isn't. Right? And, and that's, <laughs> it's funny, I get my, you know, I, uh, my college that I went to, right? I get the alumni magazine. Yeah, and I'm always yeah. kind of let down. When I, when I get to my, calling out my ex- class of 95 president <laughs> I won't name the college but like if she misses it you know and it's sad because it's like you it's all on her right and unfortunately the college that's the way it goes they don't well, really yeah. have this renewable chapter leadership but like where I'm going with that is if you see you'll see what people are up to you see what you know what you're missing out on and mm-hmm. get part of it and it's amazing to me how many people how many chapters will kind of just skip it entirely some of them are, are great as you say and, and to be you know, to, or setting a great pace for everybody, but but other ones, it's, I'm always amazed when they don't respond. And it it it, it truly isn't hard. No, um, I mean, put something in. Yeah. Right. Um, and and you know, years and years and years of of being a magazine member, I mean, there was nothing in the magazine about Canada, and so I talk regularly and say, okay, let's do something that we can get something in the magazine yes you know George and crew are going to make decisions on what they want to publish and not but damn what? it we're out there doing stuff so, let's just send them information so and for the, can pick and choose the mechanics of <coughs> I, this is, I know we're in the weeds on this but I will say this because I'm sure there are some chapter leaders listening so we will we get we make the calls right and all the news comes in and we have so many pages dedicated to it mm-hmm. uh, and if we can add more pages we will but often if we're, we're set to that container of pages and you get if if nobody responds, if we come in low that month, then mm-hmm. I can put everything everybody submits in. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I get the call from the layout from Matt, who does layouts, and, and he does you know okay, I need you to pull a thousand words, man. How are you gonna how are you gonna do it? And so then we start looking through and like, well, what's repetitive? What's for instance now that Will, Bill's doing the really in depth calendars for everything, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. tend to pull the future events out unless there's some really great yeah. description I mean, in there. You have to. You, you got to make yeah. it fit. So, you got so, a box. Yeah. So, some, so, so we're not just deleting people's folks' stuff to, to do, you mm-hmm. know, because we want to. Sh- we don't want to tell their story. But but that is the challenge. <laughs> One of the great things about the magazine now is it's it's a hot place to be. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of content coming at it, and you know, and and so we're trying our best to make sure that gets in there. But yeah. So again, thank you for for doing that. That's I will right. say, we're an hour and a half in. There's no mention. I'm I'm going to go through some American stereotypes with Canadians. We haven't had an A. So we can kill that. Yes. That, yeah. And we have no talk of flannel. Oh. There's no talk of flannel, and there's no, no, no talk of uh, ice or snow. Or poutine. No. Well, we're in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're pushing that stuff down there. Yep. I will say, I'm saying in Montreal, downtown, yeah. and there's plenty of poutine now. Oh, yeah. Now, the other thing, I'm going to kind of bring you up to speed there's been no talk about uh, legalization of marijuana. That well, that's not true in the booth we were talking about. Well, uh, Where was I? I, won't, I was gonna say, I'm not going to tell you which one of your members, but he took particular interest in telling us quite a bit about the legalization. Yeah, I was well, surprised. It's been an interesting adventure. Well, I, I, so I came across the border, and you're, you're, you're what would he be? A border guard or a mountie? Yeah, border guard. So he he, he gave you two. Are you bringing any any firearms? Know, 
tobacco. Cannabis. Or cannabis. That's like very I'm, specific. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not bringing cannabis. And then I get to the first truck stop. I had forgotten that you guys had let legalization, but I get to the first truck stop and here's this like the, the, some some Justin Trudeau themed air fresheners for yeah. your car. And and they were almost to him. The one was Justin in like uh, boxing. Yeah, he, well, he he was a boxer. Okay, and one was Justin in a suit. And but mm-hmm. in every case, he had a uh, a big joint in his hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like those. So, so part of me, I was like, boy, you guys are really strict about the cannabis coming in, and yet it's a well, big well, part. Well, the of interesting the, thing is, and I, I haven't experienced this, but the cannabis coming in, I don't think they'd have a problem with it. It, oh? would be, it would be the quantity, okay? Because we're all allowed to carry around with us a certain quantity, and so the the issue would be: Have you got the trunk of the car full? So if you have commercial lines, <laughs> <answer, laughs> yeah, correct. I think that's the issue. Or could it be like I was wondering too if it was more since learning that that it was legal here. Though uh, part of me was wondering, you know, if you go into parts of Southern California where they grow, mm-hmm. then they're then they're a little more strict about bringing in. Other, what would you say, things, breeds things, or, or things that would uh, yeah, potentially cross pests or, or yeah, something? Yeah, yes. exactly, and, yep. and that, they're very protective of that. Yeah. So uh, I thought maybe that might be it too. Where like yeah. the Canadian weed is the good weed, and <laughs> well, we, don't we, bring your American. Well, we think it is. Yeah, don't bring your stink um, weed with this. Yeah, we right. think it is, of course. But uh, my my challenge to you guys as you're going back, because you're sort of going in Toronto way, but you can get it here too, is you need to take back some uh, pea meal bacon except you can't but it is the most fabulous like you've probably heard of canadian bacon uh, yeah yeah bacon. no it's canadian bacon is yeah, <laughs> you want, it's, a, it's americanized canadian yes bacon. you want pea meal p-e-a-m-e-a-l pea meal bacon it it was invented in toronto and you will never have better bacon especially if you're having a bacon sandwich bacon and tomato sandwich oh <laughs> but is it look, does it look like what we it know looks like bacon? a slab of pork loin okay okay and then you just cut it into bacon and oh mm. my god yeah you need to try some of that before you go home that's that's like saying here you're in Montreal you have to try Montreal smoked meat the other thing well, I, will, I we did mm-hmm. that's on, we, we were joking about it and then we actually tried it we're like mm-hmm. not bad mm-hmm. <laughs> on the subject of Montreal mm-hmm. I'm gonna point out something else it was reminded me today I knew this already mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily great for the Audi brand, but it's going to draw the Audi brand in. Mm. Do you know what e-tron means to a French-speaking uh, person from Quebec? I do not. It means turd. Well, that doesn't entirely surprise me. It doesn't mean that in France, which no. is probably why the Germans never well, keep in, on it. In, uh, <laughs> so, so, so for people who want to, there's a really amusing thing. I'll just do a shout-out. Is you go to YouTube... And you go, I, you search for, I am not Canadian. Yeah. And it was <coughs> years and years and years ago. And it was a radio broadcaster at one of the rock stations here in Montreal. And did this spoof. And it is just hilarious. It's, it's worth putting in the so bottom Google somewhere. That. We'll Google that. Yeah, we'll Google that. Definitely. For now, I'm going to go walk around and show with my e-tron connect t-shirt on. Well, you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're turkey. And, and not look like a, yeah. 
yeah. and not look like an idiot. But like, <laughs> I had he goes. So the gentleman I was speaking to about it today, actually, he works for, here for um, for Unitronic. But he was like, you know, it's a particular, it's a, it's slang, and it's really for a particular age. So around our age, right, which I'm right. mid forties, he's like, to those people, you're wearing a shirt that says "turd" on it, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody gives you a weird look. Yeah. So I figure it's the one time I wear my my Etron shirt, yeah. I'm wearing it when I'm yeah. in, in Quebec. In Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. So, there well, you go. Audi Germany, just be aware. Yeah. The Etron may not sell that well in Quebec. Well, you remember you remember years and years and years, and I'm now dating myself, when uh, GM first came out and called uh, the car Nova. Nova. Which yeah. means doesn't run. Does not go. Yeah. 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 In Spanish. Did yeah. not sell well in Spanish-speaking yeah. markets. So. True story. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's funny. It's been fun having you guys up. No, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, we, you, need, you guys need to uh, shout out. You guys need to come out to uh, Berlin Classic Look, in August. Really quick, give us the pitch. If somebody's still listening, Classic. we're an hour yeah. and a half in talking yeah. about some nuts no, and bolts. Berlin stuff. Classic is the same caliber of this particular event. It's in southern Ontario, so we're hoping to get people up from uh, the Michigan chapter, mm-hmm. Ohio, you know, down around the great, um, down around the Great Lakes. Yeah. Um, it's a two-day event. Uh, it happens to be this year at a, a, a place that has a drag strip, but it is just a hoot. Um, great bunch of people. We're real close and tight with them, and uh, you know, hey, we get a discount. If you remember, we, you get a discount. Do we know the dates? Yeah, it's August 11th and 12th. Yeah, it's the middle of August. So close to Monterey. Yeah, we're leaving on. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you guys are away. Yeah, yeah, we're we're. It's bad. Yeah. <coughs> but uh, August, fabulous. August, yeah, August is a killer. Yeah. August, August, July, August, September is yeah. a killer for us. But yeah, go uh, figure. Yeah, I know summer months, right? Yeah. So well, again, thank you. Yeah, hey, thank you very uh, much. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you guys. And thanks to Unitronic for letting us use their facility here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So, all right. See y'all. See y'all later. Thank you very much. That's a wrap. How uh, hour thirty six.